hour two of Blaine and Mickey on Monday. Titans fans, how you hanging in there? Sun came up today. I, I checked. It got up early just to make sure it was going to come up, and it did. Then well, it just came up a little slower. It did. Then yeah, I went back to sleep slow. for a while because I didn't want to see it. Oh, but, I was uh, up. I did the Peloton. I said, forget it. I'm up. I'm pissed right now. I'm going to just ride my way. It was like, man, I, I still couldn't beat that lady on there, though. <laughs> I could not beat her. I was like, crap. She's doing all. I can't even keep up. I got to stay between these numbers or I'm going to be in trouble. Phone lines have been ringing <laughs> off the hook today on the I whole like station, the and, and and we want to always give you a chance to talk, right? And we got stuff to say, but uh, you carry the show. We we want to hear from you as well. Uh, Kenny's been holding and some others. Kenny the mailman, one of our calling legends. We we were doing Ding Dong of the Week in first, the first hour of the show, so maybe you get in the car like the second hour of the show on Monday. Typically, we do Ding Dong of the Week in hour number one. Sometimes we move our Ding Dong around a little bit. Sometimes the Ding Dong – just gets longer and longer, and so we continue it through uh, another segment here. So we're doing that. We'll just we'll just keep the ding dong going. Kenny the mailman joins us with his ding dong of the week. Hey, Kenny. Mickey, you can stop with the descriptions. <laughs> What's up, Kenny? How are you? But I'm I'm going to throw a ding dong in the ring for you. And I absolutely love talk radio. It keeps me company so much. I listen all the time. And 90% of the callers, I really appreciate. They add something to the show. They're fun. But every now and then, somebody gets loose at the rest home and calls you. <laughs> it figures out how to dial, and you just scratch your head. My wife and I were in the car traveling yesterday afternoon after the game. And y'all spent 45 minutes with a panel of former players. It wasn't just guys talking. A panel of former players led by our buddy Blaine describing Step by step, what went wrong, how to, you know, what to do to sort of overcome it, but talking about that. And lo and behold, a guy called in and said, All y'all do is talk good about the Titans. They'll never get any better because y'all won't hold their feet to the fire. You don't mess with Blaine. I've learned that through the years. <laughs> That's fair. He didn't yell. He didn't stop. He just said, You hadn't even been listening. We didn't even go through with you. Go type, type, type on Facebook. Next call. <laughs> and my wife, she looked at me and went, Yes, I've been waiting for them to do that to half the call. <laughs> so, Blaine, Babette, the lovely and gracious Babette, gives you a thumbs up and don't feel bad at all when you have to cut some people off from the rest home. Uh, All my best to y'all. I Thank appreciate it. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny, lifelong uh, listener, that's for sure. The mailman, always delivering mail. Yeah, delivers with his calls, too. Love hearing from Kenny. Um, uh, Mike Vrabel spoke earlier today. One of the things, Lucas, I know you got this. One of the things that keeps coming up is, did a lack of practice time, did he think that affected, well, especially the offense, because the defense was out there busting in a lot during the preseason. They were. What about on the offensive side? Mike Vrabel really, I think he got asked a version of this. Lucas, was it three times? Three times. But I mean, yeah. he didn't answer. It wasn't, it felt like it. Yes, if it, okay. If well, it, I mean, but that means he didn't actually answer the question until the last time. So, for all of you who are wondering, some are putting stock in this. We had somebody in zone TV chat said everybody's a ding dong who thinks that mattered. This is what Mike Vrabel said about it. It wasn't dismissed. It's nothing is dismissed. It's that's what it was. You know, I mean it wasn't you know, we we practiced with the guys that were available and that we had and that we wanted to try to get work with and try to have a plan. It wasn't that we dismissed it or I dismissed it. It was this is who we had. This is who was available for practice. This is the plan that we had, and you know, then we'll have to go out this week and make sure that whoever's ready for the game uh, and those guys that we think are going to be um, 
contributors are ready to go. Right, and and that's what I said. You know, it was who was available. But I said this will impact the game regardless if they were available or not because eventually they became available. Mm -hmm. We're talking about three days of practice and that's not enough. So it's not his fault that they weren't available. It wasn't like he said, we're going to have you guys sit out. Y'all just hang over there. We're going to treat y'all right. We're going to take care of y'all. And y'all just don't practice. Y'all come out here and ride the bike, man. Y'all good to go, man. Y'all good, man. We know what y'all can do. Nope. First of all, that's not even Vrabel. And then those players are going to want to practice anyway because that's how they became elite. It's about practice. So, yeah, you know, we we got to put COVID in there too as well. Those guys couldn't practice at the last minute. I thought the timing was off on, on uh, Tannehill. He either threw a fastball or was a tad late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was lucky he didn't have a special a couple of those late ones picked yeah, off. Yeah. 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 Cause they like, I mean, especially even early in the game when that Alfred kid had a, you know, PBU on the first third down on the curl route, he was late. The guy turned around. He, the ball's supposed to be there as soon as he turns. Right. It wasn't, it was not there. So yeah, I mean, it's not his fault. And to me, Vrabel should have just said they weren't available and said that from the jump. And then he would have never got those two or three more questions asking that almost like he wanted to avoid it. It was like, well, yeah, I wanted them to practice, they, but they were they weren't available. They were they were injured, or they were s- sick with COVID. Mm-hmm. So that was that's not his fault. But all I know is you, you have to be. It's all about availability, and if you don't practice, you won't be the, you won't be going into the season. Now we're talking about week six, and you you know you don't you can't practice for three days, and then all of a sudden you're healed enough to practice on that you know Thursday. That's different. Yeah, I mean so. Yeah, they, they have to practice. You got to get sharp and back into football shape. It never changes at the beginning of a season. That's why you see all these wacky, you know, scores and some of these teams, you know, winning and losing. I, I'd be interested how many teams who were in the playoff last year that didn't win their first game, that won, you know, that lost their first game this week again. Yeah, I, I don't know how many. I mean, we could talk about Tampa Bay didn't really go on a run until week eight. Yeah. Like or so. Till they start getting into a rhythm and a flow. Yeah. They lost to the Bears. I watched that game because, you know, uh, Tom Brady was trying to have five downs. His brain brain yeah. was too pliable. Yeah. 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 He, he wanted to add an extra down. Surprised they didn't give it to him. It's Tom Brady. I mean, right. He gets everything he wants. Uh, I I'm thought they were they gonna gonna try to right, mess up with the, the you know, the. <laughs> the down marker they might have gave it to him let's let's try to squeeze in a couple more calls again we're here for you we're always here for you we want to hear from you uh colt and memphis is next up then we'll get to you cousin paxton what's up colt hey guys how's hey. it going can you hear me yes sir yes sir yeah so i just wanted to chime in one of the one of the callers had said i think he was in in reference to the one you know these guys signed these Big deals, and then they get to the Titans, and like, man, what happened to the guy that that we signed? You know, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that you know these guys in their in their contract years, you know, always seem to have these like big monster years because they know like this is when they're about to get paid. And I just think it's human nature that you know you, once you get your deal, I mean, the margin for error or the difference between you know being in the league and not is so thin. And, you know, when you fall off 2% because maybe you don't want to get up at 5 a.m. Or, or just put in that little extra bit of time, Blaine could probably speak to this better than anybody. It, it, that's that's the difference in being an all-pro and giving up five sacks. So I'll hang up and listen to uh, to your comments on that. Well, I can, I can say this. 
I, I don't know if this pertains to Lil Juan because his body of work leading up to the big contract. So I, here, here's my proponent. I won't sign a guy that just played well his contract year, a la Albert Hainsworth. See, you run from those guys as far as if you want to give them the money. But Lawan had year after year after year of consecutive really good play. Now, I don't know if the caller's talking about after he got the money, but to me, after a guy gets the money and he's put back-to-back-to-back years of great play, that guy, there's something happened to him that he's not playing at that level. I don't think you become lazy. You become even hungrier to prove that you deserve that contract. See, that's what happens to the guys with that kind of mindset. Right. So I, I don't know if LaJuan's in it. Like, I made this huge example of CJ2K. Like, I said, I wouldn't give him the money because I said his pockets are going to start getting heavy, and they gave him the money eventually, and then his pockets got heavy immediately. He, he didn't come in the shape that he normally was, and then he, he, he about halfway through the season, he kind of started looking like the former CK2K. But he, he never did rekindle that mojo. So I, I don't think having LeJuan, I think his is, uh, you know, he coming off an ACL, and he went against an elite, elite pass rusher. Yeah. Uh, so he got exposed, and my point is let's, let's help, a, help a guy out after he was having a little bit of trouble, and both tackles were. Sure. LaJuan comes with a big contract, all eyeballs on him, man. You know, he got two sacks against him, and it affected the game. So, yeah, I don't think that's the case with LaJuan. I think he, he cares too much about it. I don't like all the tweeting and all that, but that's right. this era of, you know, generational player. I don't think Chandler Jones is tweeting out, hey, you, you see me put up my work, give me my money. He could have done the same thing against a Pro Bowl offensive tackle. So, I mean, no. I don't think that's the case, but I just think he's just not at that elite level yet because of the knee, right? So and that, the rust he gets the rust off, and he's a, he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah got to learn what he can and can't do with that knee yet. Got to got to figure it out. And they, as a coaching staff, they got to look at each other honestly and go, okay, what did we do when he was out last year? Tight ends, chip, running yeah. back, chip. So that's maybe that's what you, you put two tight ends in there and do that if you got to. Now, yeah. Here's a quote that I said last year when Lawan was out. They did pretty well without Lawan. Yeah. Didn't they? 2K. Yeah. You got king. 2K. Yep. Got 2K. The King got 2K without Lawan the majority of the season. Let's get Cousin Paxton real quick. Cousin, give us uh, give us a minute or so because we got to get to our buddy Ben Arthur of the Tennessee. And what's going on, Cousin? Just real quick, guys. First of all, it was wonderful seeing you all again yesterday, man. You guys are always very pleasant with the fans, man. So I, I just want people, Titans Nation, just to take a breath and relax. All right. Mm-hmm. No overreactions. It's week one. Really, it's week, you know, it's really week four of the preseason, the way I look at it, man. These guys hadn't played together. There's no jail chemistry yet. We're going to be fine. It's okay to be upset, but the overreactions about firing everybody and Taylor Wan not being the guy we think he is and Julio this and AJ that. We got to calm that stuff down, man. It's week one. Nobody's ever won or lost a Super Bowl in week one. Week one yeah. So relax, calm down. These guys are going to get focused, and we're going to see a better showing week two in Seattle. And I'm I'm going on record and predicting Titans pull that win out. And I think everybody will come back to their senses once week three rolls around. And uh, we got the coach coming in here, guys. Y'all take care. There you go, cousin Pax. Every time I hear him on the radio, I think, gosh, he's got a good radio voice, cousin Pax. <laughs> yeah, always good to see you too. All right, when we come back, Ben Arthur. Uh, if you don't know him yet, 
Tennessean reporter. He is doing fantastic work covering the Titans, and we thought this guy's so good, we just need to get him on the show. So we are going to do that. That is next. It's Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks for hanging out with us today on this Monday. Uh, been really, in, it, because of COVID, we don't get to be around each other media-wise like we used to. I'm not even sure if I've ever gotten to say hello to this guy, so we'll do it officially on the air. He's doing great work for the Tennessee, and Ben Arthur joins us now to talk Titans. Ben, how in the world are you? Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, guys. How are you guys? Thanks for um, having me, and you know, happy to to chat. Ben, I want you to give people some college flashbacks with their report card, and I want you to make them feel better, maybe because they got less Fs than you gave the Titans on this first game report card. Oh, I'm sorry. You said my report card? Yes, your Titans report card okay. for the Tennessean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's see. I gave the, the offense an F. <laughs> I gave the – Special teams a D minus, defense a D plus, coaching an F. Um, mm. I mean, it, it it would have been an easy argument to give sort of everything an F, but I don't know. I, I tried to give more of a nuance, um, you know, thoughts thoughts for those. I mean, you know, everything was bad about that game on Sunday, right? As far as the Titans were concerned, but there were some moments. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be you know, just a, a few, but there were, you know, a f- few good moments. I thought like for, for the defense, um, you know, that Kyler Murray burned them on, you know, plenty of those third downs on, on Sunday, but th- there were situations where they were able to get some good pressure on him or, or get a hand on him. I think there were, t- the Titans had two sacks, one from Simmons, one from Landry. I think Christian Fulton is a guy who, who played well um, in, Mike Rabel was very complimentary of him today. And so, so yeah, I think I was just kind of being a little nice there. And then with, with the special teams, you know, I think, you know, from, from the kicking perspective that oh. that wasn't what you wanted to see if, if you were a, a Titans fan, just from, you know, from Badgley uh, missing the, the PAT and the, the field goal in the second quarter there. But um but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, for me, uh, it, it really just started with with the offense, just because, and that was the reason I I gave the offense and F just because it's supposed to be like the strength of the team, and for them, you know, to have one of the most talented skill groups in in franchise history and, and to produce four, thirteen points and, and really, you know, do nothing, you know, for for a large portion of that game, that was very jarring to me. Um, and then, you know, it, it starts with, you know, it all ultimately starts with the coaching too. So, you know, I had to give both of those an F, but I guess I was a little bit lenient towards defense and special teams. Although, you know, for, for very good reasons, you could have given those two an F as well. <laughs> so you're being very kind, but I, I, I love how you're being so kind. You're like, I was so lenient. I mean, one got a D plus and the other got a D minus. It could have been much worse. I love it. Ben Arthur joining us on Blaine and Mickey. You can uh, follow him on Twitter at Ben why Arthur covering the Titans for the Tennessee? Well, Ben, I, I was curious. I, I, I know there's concerns. You kind of mentioned it with the offense being uh, this is Tal Downing's first year as the play caller. Did you, how did you feel like his play calling 
was in this game and utilizing those weapons that on paper seem pretty dynamic. Yeah, there there didn't seem a, like a, there didn't appear to be a whole lot of. I guess I, I don't know if maybe creative creativity might be the word that that was lacking. I don't know. It, it seemed very blah. Like you like those first four drives in in particular. Um, it, I believe it was just negative one yards of, of offense they produced in those drives. It was like a negative. Derrick Henry run, then a, a little check down, and then like an incomplete pass, or like that second drive, it was, you know, a negative run, and then Tannehill just gets blasted off of the um, the, the rollout pass, you know, no blocking there, and then, um, you know, we I don't think we saw a whole lot of that signature play action, you know, over the middle. I think as much as uh, fans have got grown accustomed to over the last couple of years. I don't know. It, it, it seemed to, you know, lack a, a bit in that regard. But, you know, I, I asked, you know, Vrabel about that today. And, you know, he he didn't – what he was basically saying, you know, was that you can – you know, with, with any play, really, there's no perfect call, right? And when something goes wrong, it, you can look at, you know, oh, this guy didn't block here or – this guy didn't make this catch here. So he, he, he didn't really go down that route um, in terms of, you know, the play calling being an issue. But um, but I, I did think it was somewhat of an issue. When, and you look at kind of the the um, the the play-by-play, play, it doesn't look – A.J. and Julio didn't get targets until like midway, you know, into the, uh, into the second quarter. And then, you know, I don't think there were – you know, runs where we saw Derrick Henry really able to kind of to find some success. So, you know, I, I don't know. It was it was a tough go for that offense. It was a tough go for, for Downing's first, you know, his play calling debut for the Titans. You know, I, I, the one thing I would say is that I don't think there should be like a whole lot of, you know, panic. Um, I think it's very easy to overreact to one game. Um, in, in the NFL, um, and, and just because of all the hype this offense had coming into the season, you know, frustrations are, you know, understandable. But, you know, just like how we've talked about how this offense didn't have a whole lot of practice time together, you know, Todd Downing didn't have a whole lot of practice, you know, a lot of time to utilize those weapons in practices just because those guys were out, whether it was Julio or you know, key O-linemen being out or A.J. being in and out of practices and Derek really not doing much until, you know, the end of preseason in terms of ramping up. So um, so I guess that that's just something we should monitor, you know, as the season goes on. And, you know, just with as talented as that group is, you know, if they don't, if it gets to a couple weeks and it hasn't, you know, changed, then I think you, you kind of raise the alarms a bit. But um, you know, after one game, as bad as that was, I think you kind of, um, I just don't think you put, you know, a whole lot of, of of stock into that, even if you do have kind of frustrations with that. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're with Ben Arthur, Titans uh, beat writer for the Tennessee and, and uh, Ben, I'm just interested, you know, I didn't hear the, in totality, the press conference with Coach Vrabel today, but did anyone ask him why eventually, let's just say after half, 
that they didn't give uh, their tackles some help, maybe with chips or maybe leaving a tight end in or or even having the, the receivers, uh, you know, because both tackles actually needed help. It's just the glaring issue was more so on Lawan when he was going against Chandler Jones, but uh, Lamb had issues yeah. with Eisenberry. So did anyone ever ask him that question? You, you know, that, that question wasn't asked. And, you know, I think, yeah, I think that's kind of maybe a fair point. I mean, you know, it, it, it really came down to, like, those tackles just, like, getting beat so easily, right? Like we saw it with Lamb and, and, and Taylor Lewan, who, you know, got some booze when he had checked back into the game after cramps early on. But then, you know, there was a play where I saw Jeff Swaim mm-hmm. att- uh, attempt to block J.J. Uh, Watt, and, and that didn't work out nope. so well. Yeah, like he, I, know that uh, I believe that was in, in, in the first half. Um, JJ just kind of beat him really easily and, and was kind of able to, you know, get over, you know, his arm and, and, you know, I think it was Derek get to Derek for, for a tackle for loss. So, you know, uh, that, that, to answer your question that, you know, that wasn't asked in, in particular, but, but, you know, I think it, it really starts with, you know, the tackles just need to be better. Right. And, you know, I think you can, Maybe, you know, with Taylor, right, this was his first real game since that torn ACL he, he suffered last October. Um, you know, he's just now kind of recently getting back to 100%. And then in your first real game, you go up against one of the three, you know, one of the, the top three, top four, you know, edge rusher and Chandler Jones. That's, you know, without a doubt, a, a, a tough ask. But you know, as Mike Rabel said, you know, when, when asked specifically about Taylor, you know, your best players have to show up, you know, each week. They have to show up on, on Sundays. So, um, you know, it, 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 you know, it just, just comes down to those guys uh, just, you know, blocking better. And, you know, we, we all saw, I think, you know, Taylor's tweet after the game saying how he got, you know, um, you know, taking advantage of in those matchups against Chandler Jones, it, you know, Taylor just needs to be better. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the chipping um, in terms of tight ends receivers could be utilized more. Um, but, but yeah, those guys can't be beaten as easily as they were um, in the game. Like it wasn't like, like it was just like one second and, and, and Chandler Jones beat him. Like it was, it was that bad. Like yeah. Tannehill didn't even have time to really you know, get get to his first read before, you know, he was getting hit. So I think, you know, you can bring help there, but ultimately you you as tackles, you kind of have to give your quarterback a, a bit more time. Yeah, no doubt. What would you think about LaJuan, so before I get to Mickey, LaJuan's tweet, what were your thoughts when you saw the tweet? Um. Well, you know, well for, for me, I mean, I think it was just him, you know, kind of owning, you know, owning up to it. Um you know, I don't. I don't think it was really, you know, necessary. Um, just, you know, just in terms of, uh, just you know, kind of come back next week and and show that you're ready next week. I think, you know, just in in, in that regard. Um, but but it it but you know, it's his, you know, situation, and, and it was something that he felt like he he needed to say, and you know, he was complimentary of Chandler and saying, yeah, I will be you know, better next week. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really have any, you know, 
I guess, major thoughts on that. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, I, but, but what I have learned, you know, obviously I'm, I'm new to the beat and, and I have learned that, you know, Taylor is a, you know, very colorful character and, and he'll kind of tell it how it is. And, and he's very honest and, and upfront, even, you know, with the media. And so, you know, he felt like that was something he, he needed to say. And so, you know, he said that and, you know, and then just from the Titans perspective, you know, it's like, okay, you, you said that just, you know, come back next week, just be better next week. And so I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. Well, with Ben Arthur, uh, Titans uh, beat writer for the Tennessean. Now, Ben, uh, let people know where you came here from, because this is pertinent to the next question. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, came to Nashville from Seattle you know, where I was covering the Seahawks for the last three seasons uh, for uh, SeattlePI.com. So I know a little thing or two about um, the Titans' week two opponent. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, Taylor, Lewan, and the rest of the team, I don't know if they all tweeted about it, but they, if they're all planning on getting better, uh, they're going to have a tough road because that Seattle team showed the Colts uh, who was boss. And the other thing is this, Blaine said this earlier, you saw maybe the sun – well, this week you get the father of that quarterback who's impossible to sack and who runs when it's time to run, but most of the time will just run in circles in the pocket and then throw for 17 on third and 16 like nobody's business. You get the maestro of that this week. Exactly, yeah. It's it's like, you know, that it just doesn't get easier for, for the Titans. You, you have, like, just a, a very tough task, you know, a first challenge in, in you know, in, in Kyler Murray – and then, you know, week two, you have Russell Wilson, who's, you know, who, who's a more polished quarterback um, overall. I mean, Kyler may be a little bit, you know, more shifty, um, a little more, he may have more like short area quickness, but in terms of extending plays with his legs, um, whether it's, you know, scrambling or, you know, just kind of running around to find one of his guys deep, there, there are very few quarterbacks in his in NFL history that are better you know than Russell Wilson is you know at doing that so it's you know all those all those containment issues the Titans had this this past week with Kyler Murray you know that can't happen with with Russell Wilson and then you know just on the back end too right like you have one of the top receiving tandems in you know DK Metcalf who's you know, who's just an absolute freak, um, similar build as Julio, um, you know, a guy coming into his own sec- second team all pro last season. And then deep, and then Tyler Lockett, who Rabel was actually very complimentary of today at, you know, his press conference saying he's, you know, you know, one of the best deep ball receivers for his size that he's seen in a, in a while. So this is going to be a really tough challenge, not only for those guys up front, um, but also for, for the secondary, which, you know, got picked apart, you know, a couple times, you know, against Arizona. So, um, you know, they, they very much have to kind of flush this this loss, um, you know, kind of down the toilet, kind of learn from it and, and you know, kind of turn your head on, on, on a swivel to get ready for Seattle because it won't get easier. And, and playing in Seattle, one of the toughest environments, you know, in the NFL, um, you know, it's it's going to be a you know a really you know a really tough road road uh, situation uh, for Tennessee. 
Well, being real quickly, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, being real quickly, I guess. Tell us they don't have another form of Chandler Jones on their pass rush. <laughs> That's all I need to know. But I know they still have some really good players. Yeah. So, so kind of take us through their their pass rush guys. Uh, and, yeah. and I know Jamal Adams yeah. is part so, of that pass rush too. By the yeah. way, for sure, yeah. So they 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 have a couple of older um, guys. So they have you know Carlos Dunlap. You know, is a oh. long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, pass rusher mm-hmm. for the for the Bengals. He was traded to um, Seattle at the beginning of last season. Um, you know, he's a guy who, who's very productive still. He's he's in his early 30s, but you know, still very productive. They they brought in uh, Kerry Hyder. Um, you know, another guy you know who's very productive for for the 49ers up front. And then I think really the one of the most unique challenges is going to be you know, for the Titans is figuring out how to uh, contain Jamal Adams. I mean, this is a guy who set the NFL single season record for sacks last year with, um, I want to say nine, nine and a half, uh, something like that last year, you know, a really, really prolific blitzer. Um, You know, when, when you talk about, you know, the O-line, you know, running backs needing to be, you know, to be on their P's and Q's, um, you know, up front, it's, it's you know, really magnified against, um, you know, uh, this, this Seahawks defense that can, that can really blitz, um, you know, well. And, and then they have Quandre Diggs, you know, a Pro Bowl free safety in the back end. So, you know, that's – and then, you know, I think Bobby Wagner, you know, a multi-time all-pro, you know, middle linebacker in the middle, I think he's one of the most underrated uh, defenders in, in the NFL still, even though he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, he has like five or six first-team All-Pro nods. He's just Mr. Consistency, you know, at that Mike Backer position for Seattle. So, you know, this is, you know, for, for this, you know, for this offense, this Titans offense that hasn't had a whole bunch of, you know, time together, this is going to be, you know, a, a, you know, just another big test, right? And And they held the Colts and and the Colts have their issues, right? But but they did hold the Colts to just sixteen points. So and so that this is this is gonna just be another tough challenge, you know, like I said, and, and the Titans are gonna need to come ready to play in Seattle. Um, you know, Seahawks just part of the in NFC West, which I think once again is gonna be the toughest division in football. So Ben, hey, man, thank you for the time. Great start for you at the Tennessee and love reading your work. And uh, people can check you out again at the Tennessee or at Ben Y. Arthur on Twitter. Thank you, man. Thank you guys for having me on. You have a good one. Appreciate yes, sir, it. Ben Arthur. When we come back, uh, people still on the phone want to talk. Chuck, you will be up first if you hold Mike and Nashville up second. Hold, guys. We'll take a break. Right back with more on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. A lot of people wanting to weigh in today. Chuck uh, has been very patient on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Let's start with Chuck. Then we'll get Mike. We'll get Eric to try to squeeze in all three before we give way to 3HL today. What's going on, Chuck? Hey, fellas. Chuck in the view, checking in. I uh, just want to say thanks for getting me on today. Uh, we'll shout out to the, the doctor and the hit man. Of course, you, Magical Mick, for the outstanding postgame show yesterday. <laughs> I know all Titans fans. 
as soon as we got out of the gate, couldn't wait to go and hear what the crew was saying. So uh, just thank you so much for all your efforts yesterday. Uh, at least the three of you showed up, so we appreciate it. Um, <laughs> not going to get into Lawan. Uh, funny, called yesterday afternoon. So I don't want to hear anything about busting with the boys until Lawan starts blocking for the boys. Uh, before I even got to my driveway, he had already tweeted three times. If, you know, <laughs> if, if you're focused, you look focused and lackadaisical, but your twiddle, Twitter uh, spelling is on point, um, some, something's off there. But really what I want to talk about, guys, uh, is the kicking game. Last year, Titans on the year, we're at 69%. If we're giving grades, that's a fat F. Uh, we saw Fickens, uh, you know, take a roll out, and now we've got, I guess it's Bagley in there. Uh, who knows, Ronald McDonald might be kicking for us this week. Uh, so just want to get a question on uh, what we're looking at from a kicking game perspective, and I'll hang up and listen to the crew. Thank you, Chuck. Three tweets before he hit the driveway. They signed two kickers. They had another guy on the practice squad. Was it Randy Bullock, right? Rhett Bryan is in here. He's like, yes, Randy Bullock. Bullock's been around a long time. So he's another – Blaine, tell me if this is wrong. And, and hold on, Eric and Mike. We, we, we'll hurry. I always think of kickers and punters that they all live on the same island. And then a team just makes a request and one just gets beamed to whatever city that they're going to kick or punt in. And maybe like this Bagley, they're just going to get sent away again this week back to that island and they kick and they punt there. And then they're just sent somewhere. It seems like there's this never-ending supply of guys who kicked or punted in like 17 NFL games over four years. Well, guess what? I just want them to send the one that's going to make them. That's all I care about. That's Coach Tarley. I don't care about where <laughs> island, where they come from, what they do. Just kick it through those two yellow goalposts, and that's all I care about. Really. Uh, maybe Bullet gets the shot this week. Or who knows? There'll be other kickers available on the island. Eric in Nashville wants his – he's still got a ding-dong from Ding-Dong of the Week. What's oh. up, Eric? Yeah, my ding-dong of the week, it has to go to the Green Bay Packers as well as Aaron Rodgers, so it's kind of a dual uh, ding-dong of the week. You know, the Packers are talking about that we we're going to be ready to go into this game, go into this season, that they were going to be playing with fire and intense and stuff like that, the way last season ended, and not all the off-season drama. It just seems like it's all still not behind them. I think the Packers still haven't put it behind them, and I definitely don't think Aaron Rodgers put it behind them. I think he played like it yesterday. To me, it seems like he just didn't care to be out there. And after the game, his post-game comments, it seems like to me he didn't care. And here's what's really bad about this. You're playing a New Orleans Saints team that basically the starting quarterback hadn't been a starter, full-time starter for nearly two years. You're also playing a team that's not even in the Superdome. They're in Jacksonville. And you, the Packers, have most of the fans there. And you come out with a performance like that, only scoring three points. You had the awful performance where you only scored three points. You were the you had you were the MVP last year. I mean, I even heard this. I couldn't believe this. They said yesterday, if Aaron Rodgers had just spiked the ball on the ground, he still would have had a quarterback rating that was higher than what he had. That's unbelievable. So the Packers and Aaron Rodgers get my ding dong of the week. Yeah, thank you, Eric. The MVP. Yeah, that, that, that was like a shot. Double OP. Yeah. And you know what? So more, it's even more so that it was against Winston. That, that's why I think people are like, what. Well, he, he was first pick. He got talent. If you can rattle that talent him. and get, get him to focus for a full entire game and not throw some more more picks than touchdowns or the same amount. Real quick, uh, Mike in Nashville. Real quick, got about 30 seconds. What's going on, Mike? Oh, not much. Thanks for taking my call. First off, I mean, it's no secret. Todd Downing was terrible yesterday. Uh, entirely too predictable. Um, what we saw yesterday was the true definition of insanity when it comes to his play calling. Um, 
you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. And here's really what worries me is, you know, the AFC is going to be uh, pretty weak. AFC South is going to be pretty weak this year. If we go nine and eight, eight and nine, uh, and we struggle on offense, does he save his job if we win, you know, the South? Well, it's a little bit early to be speculating on job yeah. saving yet, but uh, they definitely need to it, They need to get it going. I looked. They scored 13 points yesterday. They scored 14 or more in every regular season game last year. They scored 13 when they lost to the Ravens in the playoffs. That's back-to-back games, so they've scored 13 points. Mm. The well, only thing you can say is that was one game. So Flush They it. looked about that bad. Well, hopefully look that good because that's what they're going to need to be Seattle. <laughs> so, hey, it was that was horrible. You can't even speak on why it happened. They they got to flush it and, and move on to the next one now. If it's you're over. still, it, yeah, absolutely. Ooh, it, I'm I'm getting real nervous now. Okay, yeah, Ooh, I, I, I am. Okay, they, 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 they got Russell Wilson, the senior. We we saw Junior Daddy yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> we seniors this coming week. Three HL coming up next. If you're on hold, stay on hold. They're going to take a bunch of phone calls today, too. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Monday. We'll see you tomorrow, Tuesday. And as always, even though if you're upset with the Titans, you always still have to have what, Mickey? Peace!